Good morning, everyone, and welcome to your weekly motivation of positivity with Live a Life by Design. This morning, we are going to kick it old school for those of you who might have, well, maybe it's not been a hot minute since you've been in some type of school, but Jimmy and I are going to talk about old school, kicking it back to elementary school, about what we learned about finances at a very young age. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Lori. Hey, at Live a Life by Design, we take it back to the days before this podcast even was an embryo. I mean, man, we're taking Ooh. it back, Lori, today to when I and, well, you weren't even thought of at the time. But, hey, I was a very young lad when I learned some valuable lessons that I have carried through to today in my professional career. Some philosophies. I didn't know that's what they were. I didn't know they were lessons at the time. But, Lori, you and I are going to unwrap this package today. And we're going to do it old school pencil paper style, because for those of you that um, remember pencil paper, as we do, <laughs> it's part of our old school uh, throwback, if you will. Lori, number two pencil, Big Chief tablet. Remember those? Yes, Big Chief tablets. <laughs> they, they don't even practice write, handwriting anymore. My son's handwriting is terrible. Don't want to brag, man. I'm a product of the old Big Chief tablet. And back then in the first grade, we actually had a number five pencil. If you remember, it's a much bigger pencil than the number Ooh. two we have today. So, yeah, so the little fingers could, I guess, grasp it and start that motor skill development or whatever we had. Uh, I do know they made a very good weapon if you needed a number five pencils. Yeah. If a girl, for example, was bothering you because back in the first grade, you didn't really care for girls. So you whacked them with that number five pencil. It's just like a small stick. <laughs> a small stick. So that's the lesson I learned there. So. Well, Lori, I think you and so, our audience will be amazed and amused today by some of the lessons I gained in grade school that have been a resource for me, as I said, throughout life to this day. So to open the show today, we're going to segue to Jimmy about financial lessons that he learned or, more importantly, should have learned in grade school. Jimmy, you ready? I think I'm ready, Lori, but hey, Live a Life by Design doesn't just cover those of us in our professions. Lori, I'm taking it back old school today. Old school. Pen and paper. Big Chief tablets, number two Pencil. pencils. <laughs> Pencil, not, that, not pens, pencils. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you know, one of the greatest things about life is, is you learn at all phases of it. And so today here on the show, Lori and I are going to venture way Way back, as they said in Star Wars, in a land a long, 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 long time ago, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. Woo! Those are some um, high-tech references this morning. I, I, I honestly, I, that show still confuses me. Or movie. That, that franchise, uh, it's hard to keep up. Hey, may the force be with you this year, Lori. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you talk about going back old school just for half a second. Um, I will tell you one of the lessons that I did not learn in college. Oh, I uh, financially uh, in college, I was part of the generation that on every college campus, every beginning of school, every end of semester, there would be all these people set up outside on with tables or um, flyers, and they would try to attract you to come over to their table. They had things like water bottles and Frisbees and free coupons for food. And all you have to do is fill out this piece of paper and sign your name and, you know, you'll get a free gift. And magically, this card will appear in seven to 10 business days. And I thought, well, okay. So I filled out all of those pieces of paper and got all the free gifts. And then magically this thing comes in the mail called a credit card. 
uh, no one told me that it had to be paid off every month. No one told me that it had um, a variable interest rate. And I just thought, oh, this is great. I can swipe it now and pay whenever I want. No one told me there were rules. So I learned a very hard, valuable lesson when those paper bills, yeah, that's how old school that is, back when you got a paper bill in the mail um, and they were expecting you to pay them even if you didn't have the money. And as a poor college student, I found myself in a predicament of having to take on extra jobs to be able to pay back all of that fun play money. So financial lesson learned. Um, I do now believe that it's probably against the law or against the rules to target <laughs> college kids on campuses like that. But I fell victim to probably one of the biggest financial scams ever because we just didn't know any better. My parents always taught me about saving and checking accounts back when we wrote paper checks, but no one talked to me about credit cards because my parents didn't have them. And I now know why, because they are, you know, make people irresponsible. So I've learned a very, very valuable lesson as an adult that if you use a credit card, you've got to be smart, you've got to pay it off, and you've got to know what that interest rate is. So that's probably one of the biggest financial lessons I learned right off the bat the hard way. And since Lori's only 29, folks, she was only about seven, eight years ago <laughs> when that happened. So she's still carrying that with her. But her parents, as you could tell by the conversation, was trying to protect her from the seedy underbelly of unsecured credit. So <laughs> yes, financial lesson learned. I mean, I didn't learn, like I said, I didn't learn that in elementary school. Um, I learned that in college, but I, I certainly hope that there are other people that didn't make that same mistake that I did, because I think I, I just was so naive. I was 19 years old. I was, you know, handling my own finances. I was super proud of myself that I was, you know, out making it on my own in the world. And that first phone call home where I had to explain, I don't have any money to pay for this. And they keep saying that they're going to charge me more if I don't pay it by this date. Um, it, it was kind of scary. You know, you're absolutely right. And that's a lesson, though, that stayed with you, right? So this is the yes. point I think we're trying to make today on our show is that there are lessons in life, philosophies gained at all aspects and ages of life. And so today, Lori, I think our audience and probably you will be amazed and amused by some of the lessons I gained in grade school and that have been a resource for me throughout my life. Do tell. So let's take you back to the first lesson I learned. Uh, this is one that uh, that I'm not real proud of, but it was paramount to my philosophy of life uh, as an adult. Uh, the lesson is simple yet complex in its nature. Now, if you can imagine that back in the early 70s. All right, stay with me here. I'm taking you back to where TV just barely <laughs> became color, right? <laughs> but my best friend, Stephen, uh, still one of my best friends today, great, great guy, wonderful man, offered me an opportunity to eat breakfast at school one day. Now, that in itself didn't seem too shocking. I mean, they just started this new program called Breakfast at, at School. So they didn't have that until first grade. Now, here's what happened, though. When I saw all that wonderful food being served, Stephen's job on selling me to eat breakfast was pretty low. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> like, you know, in a candy store and you see a kid holding a 20. I mean, you're going to sell some candy, right? And so I told Stephen I didn't have enough money for my from my parents to eat breakfast and lunch because mom gave us enough money to get lunch, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Stephen made a comment, though, that just piqued my interest, Lori. He said the magic words that a lot of us and you thought when you were in college, he said, there is no cost. It's free. You simply print your name in this book. 
Lori, you um, printed your name on a little application. It was free, yeah. right? And probably got something time. free, a T-shirt, sweatshirt, yes. pizza, something, right? Yeah. So can you imagine a seven-year-old, oh, a second grader, seeing hot biscuits, gravy, scrambled eggs, pancakes, chocolate milk, everything I love lined up in the cafeteria. And all I had to do, Lori, was print my name. Sign me up. You bet. Well, this one, quote, had Jimmy written all over it. Uh, for full disclosure, though, my mother had fed me as she did every morning before she sent us children to school. OK, but what you don't know, Lori, or you may because you have a teenage son now, but a growing young boy can always eat more food than what is given at home. All right. I could eat yes. all day. OK, yes. so I ate breakfast for more than a month at school when I was confronted at home after school one day by a very upset mother. And this, Lori, is where the lesson was truly learned. <laughs> it wasn't learned in printing my name and consuming. It was learned when I got home. My mother asked, have you been eating breakfast at school? I replied with a big smile on my face, feeling so satisfied that, oh, I've done something great. And she's recognizing me, right? I'm the youngest of six. I replied, yes, Stephen told me all you have to do is print your name in this book and you get to eat all the food you want. And being proud of myself was an understatement, Lori, that I had learned this new skill. My mother's face relaxed a little as she explained to me that Stephen's mother, a single parent of three school-aged children, qualified for the free breakfast, but you let we did not. She then showed me a piece of paper with numbers on it. I didn't quite understand what it was, but in today's world, I will tell you, Lori, it's called an invoice. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> wanting some money from somebody. I didn't understand it until she pointed out the amount of money we owed the school. And I said, ouch, uh, the total was like, don't laugh, Lori. This was 1972, $9. Oh, $9. Well, yeah. in 1972, that was a lot of money. Quite a, quite a bit of money. Gasoline was about, I don't know, 60, 75 cents a gallon then. So, you know, pretty. <sighs> so those were $1972. So it was quite a bit of money for the time. She continued to inform me that there are no free lunches in life. Someone is paying for them. That was a sobering moment for me, and I couldn't look at school biscuits and gravy in the same way again. It was just earth-shattering. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and still to this day, every time you probably eat the, eat biscuits and gravy, you think about that time flashback to your childhood. It's funny the things that we carry with us, whether it's financial, whether it's personal, whether it's um, funny. You know, we all have those stories that just you'll never forget. And um, I'm sure that your mother never invited Stephen over after that. It's a humorous story to this day. She always <laughs> brags about her her youngest son that's into finance and has all these advanced degrees, but back then didn't realize that he had to pay for something like breakfast at school, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but Lori, tell me something you learned in life, maybe even on top of the college years, but if it's in grade school, it'd be great. What did you learn well, about life? You know, Going back to grade school, um, I grew up in a very small community and um, absolutely loved. We Everybody knew everybody and, you know, your classmates were your classmates from the time you started until the time you graduated. But I'll never forget in um, third grade, we had a teacher and she was trying to teach us about money, the value of money, um, the different, you know, bills and coins and who was on what bill and who was on what coin. I mean, you, you don't, I mean, now we take that for granted because kids don't know. I mean, they'll tell you they know what a Benjamin is because it's a hundred dollar bill. But I mean, back when I was in grade school, we learned about the nickel and the quarter and the significance of each person and what, um, you know, contribution they had made to be able to be on a piece of money. And so um, we were designing our own tree and stay with me here. Cause I, I know, <laughs> 
<laughs> you've heard from that. money to tree, but it does yeah. come from paper trees. Yes. Create paper. Well, and, and that's so we were talking about the old adage about how money doesn't grow on trees. I and love so that. She she taught us, you know, we draw um, a tree and with the branches and the solid roots, the you know, solid financial roots are in the ground. And those are the things that you learn as a child. And you learn about how to earn money and how to save money. And then as the branches grow, you grow, you know, up and you get older and you learn things. And, and those are your branches out into life and different experiences. And then, you know, the leaves are uh, the money and that's, you know, they're green and they come from paper. And then as they grow and you work hard and you save and you invest in your education and you grow smarter and you have skills, the more money you can make. And then when you make poor financial decisions or you owe money because you have to take care of utilities and taxes and fees and different things and mortgages, then those leaves fall off. <laughs> so uh, I will never forget that lesson as simple as it is. It, 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 I think it was a visual lesson for third graders. Um, it certainly was impactful for me. You know, I learned that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, but, you know, it sure seems to disappear in the wind sometimes. Uh, so whenever I look at trees, that's what kind of what I, I see. I see a, a financial um, placeholder or marker or metaphor, if you will. And so that's that's my uh, elementary version of how I learned about the importance of money because money doesn't grow on trees, but it can kind of look like one. I've got a few questions about that. That's an interesting <laughs> story, Lori. Today's episode of Live a Life by Design is brought to you by the Life Plan Builder, a new online financial planning platform for young professionals who wish to create and gain control of their finances in a simple yet powerful manner. Go to www.compasscapitalmgt.com or call 918-423-3222 for more details on this new platform. You will be glad you did. Now, back to the show. Register principal securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Jimmy J. Williams is an investment advisor representative of Compass Capital Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Compass Capital Management LLC are not affiliated. 321 South 3rd Street, Suite 4, McAllister, Oklahoma, 74501. So I must ask, where you were going to school, is this where the term, if money came from trees, is this where the term, hopefully affectionately called, tree huggers came from? Or are those the people on the other side conserving trees? So I love I love trees. I love money. If I hug a tree, is that the same thing as loving money? I mean, I don't know. Well, it, it could, because that tree eventually becomes the paper that that money is printed on. So Maybe. Okay, I got a little story to addendum that, if you don't mind, Lori. <laughs> I was with the our older daughter's eighth grade class. Uh, my wife and I helped chaperone the kids at private school, so they needed chaperones. So we were helping chaperone them at Washington D.C. for their eighth grade class trip. I had more fun than the kids. I think you know, I'm a big history nut, as we've established on this podcast many times. We're at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Do you know what goes on there? Ooh, yes, yes. They make money, Lori. Money, yeah. Now, I was the first, and as far as I know, the last person, I think I hold the record there, of having to be dragged out of where the money is inspected. I mean, I just <laughs> stuck my nose on this big pallet, not a box, a pallet that you see stacking for commercial goods of $100 bills. Wow. And I'm just sitting there, and my eyes rolled back in my head with great euphoria. And my wife, <laughs> my wife said, 
quick, somebody get some water. He's going under. Anyway, they had to throw water in my face, cool me off, and get me out of there. I'm telling you, I had to get some fresh air because the smell of that ink, it was just like an aroma of perfume to me. And I, So what I did is I, I my wife did something for me first. She got me um, about $800 in, in those bills, but she didn't tell me how she got the form of those. And what they are, they're um, irregular bills that they shred and they put them in a bag and they sell them to you. <laughs> So I've got $800 in shredded, shredded money, money. Yeah, to this day, by the way. And I showed it to my daughters of what they were doing to me when they were first in college. Look at what you're doing to my checking account. You're, no, I'm just kidding. See, but it's a good visual representation. Yes. Going back to your paper issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, So what's another lesson that yeah, you hey, learned? But the third lesson here, to be very honest with you, one of the best I learned, um, I learned this one when I was about 11 years of age, around the fifth grade. And uh, I became an entrepreneur. That's the life lesson I learned then. And I learned, well, you know, so so at 11, it's hard to get jobs that are really, you know, going to be beneficial for you unless you create your own. A lot of my friends were lawn mowing, but that limited you only to the summers. Uh, You know, some of them might have been raking leaves. That only limited you to the fall, right? And so what I did, I became an entrepreneur. I said, you know, our family never missed a meal. But at age 11, I decided I wanted to do something for myself that I could call my money. You know, so so parents had the family money. But if you wanted, quote, your money to blow on, you know, baseball cards, because back then that was a big deal for me, a comic books, or you want to do anything with your Boy Scout troop that was a special thing besides your uniform and all this stuff. Right. Uh, So uh, I read about an opportunity. And decided it'd be a great one for me. So I talked to my mom and dad, and I said, hey, I really want to do this. And they said, here's the responsibilities. Here's what it's going to take. You have to get up earlier, blah, 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 you know, this kind of stuff. And uh, and I researched my market. Now, I know you're going to say 11-year-old researched the market. Now, I didn't know that's what I was doing. But at the age of 11, nonetheless, I researched the market before I jumped into this venture. And uh, in my small community of about 300 people, don't laugh. That was our community. It was not big at all. Uh, there was no one offering this service. So I thought, man, I'll corner the market as I knew later in life. That's not what I knew at age 11. And it sounded pretty promising. I mean, I had all the equipment. Uh, I had a bicycle. <laughs> uh, my mother my mother had um, had sewn me a, a bag. Uh, the, the paper boys called it paper bag. So you put all your rolled up papers in it so you could carry it like a sling. Okay. And you could throw from it. And, uh, and the rubber bands that my parents helped me buy the first first batch. And uh, so, yes, I became, and I hate to laugh, but going back to my Spider-Man comic book days and my Daredevil comic book days, I was the kingpin of Cameron on Ooh, the newspaper. kingpin yep. of Cameron. That is yeah. a, wow. Yeah, that sounds pretty, uh, That's a important. Lot, more, lot more lustrous than it was. But anyway, I, <laughs> <laughs> I began throwing grit newspapers each week. It's a weekly publication. And I thought, wow, you know, this is once a week. I can get this done. Um, and so, uh, my goal was to throw 100 newspapers a week, Lori, because if I threw a hundred a week, don't laugh. That gave me $5 for the week. Now I told you that 11, that's 1970. I was 11 years old. So I was born 65. That's 19, you know, 76 year. So five bucks is five bucks to a kid. Yeah. $5 is paying off that 1972 breakfast debt. You got that right. It, it took me two months, but anyway, <laughs> two but you, months. yeah, but you know, the first week I only sold 10 newspapers. So keep in mind, brand new route. I had to go get my sales and my distribution together. And I had to get this thing set up where I could automate it a little bit. So the second week I sold 25 newspapers. Remember my goal was a hundred. I had to get to that $5 a week thing, right? Well, um, I'll never forget how many miles I pedaled that single-speed bicycle. This wasn't a 10-speed because I was wanting a 10-speed. That's why I was working, okay? 
and you're going to laugh. So I finally hit my mark of getting the money. And I actually grew from the 100 papers a week to up to a $10 paycheck for a week. Wow. Now, That's Lord, papers. don't want to brag. That buys you a lot of uh, what they call back then RC Cola and Moon Pie at the at the gas station. <laughs> yes. And, and so so then what I thought was, you know, I talked to my dad. I had this money I'd saved up now. And um, it was so funny. He said, well, hey, you know, what are you going to be doing this? What are you going to do when summer's over? You're going to have to ride that bike in the winter. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll just get a coat and I'll do what I need to do to stay warm. Uh, so I can just keep up wearing, you know, keep up my wrap, wearing a big coat, gloves, hat, do the things I should do. But to expand in the spring, this is where entrepreneurism taught me something. If I can do newspapers, you're meeting people. Why couldn't you sell them something else? And Lori, what is it people want to buy in the spring? In the spring? In the spring, primarily. What do people want to buy? The sun's shining. Grass is becoming green. Flowers? Flower seeds. Yeah. So I looked up some more that happened to be an ad in those grit newspapers that I could sell flower seeds. Now, while I'm there selling you the newspaper and collecting my money, wouldn't you be interested in some pansies or some whatever that I'm selling? And they'd all say, well, of course, you know, it's spring. And so I got into selling two lines of products instead of just the one so I could diversify a little bit of my interest for revenue. And uh, so now I'm selling these two lines of products, making more money since I could sell seeds all week long instead of only on a weekly paper route. So I went to these people and I went to more people. So I got about town to being the boy that you didn't want to talk to. Because <laughs> he would sell you something, right? He would sell you something. You're yeah. the salesman. But let me tell you the reason for all this. Entrepreneurism to me has been the lifeline and been the freedom for me to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with whom I wish to do it, and how I wish to do it. That is what I call living successfully. And I did that in this year of... Uh, you know, 1976, I actually went over with my dad. He drove us over to the nearest community that was large enough to have one, uh, Poto, Oklahoma, where I was born, eight miles away. And there was a friend of my dad's that owned an old Tasco store. Now, back in the day, let's think about um, Montgomery Ward or think about pre-Walmart. These are stores that had all kinds of hardware, bicycles, chainsaws, everything, clothing, whatever you want. And I went into this Otasco store owned by a gentleman named Mr. Bill Barber. And Mr. Barber was, boy, what I considered one of the wealthiest people I knew back at the time. And Mr. Barber had some new Schwinn 10-speeds in blue, the one I wanted. It screamed out to me, Lori, but it was $100 for this bike. Ooh. I'd saved up about half. Now, don't laugh at age 11, 50 bucks, a lot of money for a kid back in that day. I went in and I told Mr. Barber, because my dad's standing behind me, I said, Mr. Barber, I said, I want to buy that bicycle and I have $50. And he went over there and he looked at the price and he brought the ticket over to me and he said, now, son, he said, that says $100. You understand that? And I said, yes, sir. He goes, you don't have $100. You have 50 And I said, yes, sir. He taught me something in that instant, Lori, that just like your credit card issue would help me in life to understand how to use credit. He said, what I'm going to do is give you that bicycle today for $50. And I said, yes. And he said, no, nope, no, nope, just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to you're gonna print your name here, and your dad's going to sign underneath it on this little thing called a note. You're going to have to make payments on this bicycle. And he said, if you miss a payment now, I'm going to come looking for you because I want you to make your payments on time. And if you can't make it on time because something's happening, there better not be many of those. You better have you or your parents call me. 
Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but he's over there telling my dad, shaking his hand, yep, teach this boy, teach this about credit. <laughs> this is how this works. Yes. And did you know that's how I paid for my first bicycle? That crazy? Through credit. Through credit. The Never missed a payment. You, the, yep. the elusive thing that you didn't even know that you were doing at the time. Thought I was getting a fifty dollar bicycle that cost a hundred, but that wasn't what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you are so industrious as an elementary school student. I not not even close. I don't know that I ever had a job before I was sixteen. I mean, other than to go to school and have you know do well in school and have good grades. So, I mean, goodness, Jimmy, that's that's quite a feat. And now I, it makes a whole lot more sense as to why you're in financial planning. <laughs> for a living. I mean, you've been doing it since you were itty bitty tiny. I mean, that's a lot. Most 11 year olds now, they wouldn't even think about having, you know, not one, but two, you know, well, and now they don't call them jobs. They call them, um, oh, what's the fancy word? Uh, the side hustle. Like, oh, that, yes, the hustle. Yes. Them, yeah. They call them a side hustle. You know, but, and it was a different time though, Laura. I don't know yes. that I'd allow my children at age 11 and we're in a much larger community now, you know, 20,000 people. I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would let them ride their bicycle around, not knowing the neighborhood perhaps are going. I, I, it's just a different time. But my point here to be made is, is find something that your unique ability allows you to perform almost effortlessly. I love yes. to talk with people. I love to ride my bike. I put the two together. I'm making 10 bucks a week. Come on. Who's not getting rich on that right at the you know, age of 11? Uh, but it's, it's so funny. You know, it sounds really silly at this point, but that was a foundational moment in my life, Lori, that told me right then. I'm going to be entrepreneurial. I just love the fact I can control most of my destiny, if not all of it. And I think that's so important to remember is that even, you know, life lessons that you learn, like I said earlier, when you learn them young, you don't really remember um, most of them, but there are those little nuggets that you think about when you're an adult. You're like, yeah, I remember that. And you don't realize it, but you've been implementing it in your adult life this entire time. So let's just do a brief recap about our three lessons. First, Jimmy, this is for you. There are no free lunches in life. <laughs> Heard, uh, you know, found that one out the hard way, Lori. Hard way. The second is money doesn't grow on trees, but tree trees can be great metaphors for the representation of money. Love that. Uh, courtesy, courtesy of myself. And that entrepreneurism is the pathway to greatness, no matter the age of, no matter the age that you are in your life. So all these that were learned at a young age and that we've continued to evolve into what is today multi-million dollar operations for people. These are, you know, companies that have started off of, of an idea, off of something that someone else learned when they were younger. You never sell yourself short and always know that you're capable of doing something. Even if you don't think you are, you've got to be able to take that risk. And I myself am not a risk taker. However, I have found that as I have gotten older in life, I am willing to put myself out, out there just a little bit more. Let me give just some perspective. Let me give you some perspective. <laughs> just to, don't don't stick your head too far outside the box. You know, when you think outside the box, Lori, Lori pushes right to the edge, folks. I'm telling you, she's Dude. an edge runner oh. on the box. But think about this, guys. Think about what did Amazon, the Amazon we know today, where you can buy thousands and thousands, if not millions of products by a click of the button of the mouse, actually started out doing. He started out doing what? selling shoes shoes yeah yeah amazing think about that he he's yeah. selling shoes Lori. that's it and he sold that's them it. from the back of his car and then he decided yeah. he put up shoes online and then all of a sudden he's like well if i can do shoes i can do socks i can do books i can you see where i'm going 
I love the thought process. He's like you, Lori. He was thinking outside the box by pushing his ear up against that certain wall and go. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't go. Don't That's go. it. Scary, That's scary. it. So to our audience and our listeners, what financial lessons have you learned from grade school? Maybe middle school, maybe high school, maybe college. Go to our Live a Life by Design community page on Facebook and join us today and tell us what lessons that you've learned that someone else could benefit from knowing. We'll be offering exclusive tools and other helpful items through the Facebook page to our members. So go and give us a like and a follow and make sure that you're not missing out on any of this fun stuff that we've talked about today. Yeah, Lori, I'm excited. So we are working on ramping up some of the great stuff we can put on that Facebook page. And and just thank you to everyone for listening to our podcast. Lori and I do this because we believe in making an impact in the lives of others. You know, our world is going to be so much better, Lori, when we continue to do positively powerful messages. It eventually gets through to the mind and the mind then puts the body into action. So from all of us here at Live a Life by Design, thank you for watching us this week. And join us next week as we tackle some of life's biggest challenges here on Live a Life by Design. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley. Brindley.